So, hey, good evening. I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from sex addiction, compulsive overeating. Hey. When I'm in my house, we are debating what do we watch. And I sit down on the couch with my wife, and there's a couple options. There's the romantic comedy. There's the I Love Lucy's. There's the um, Andy Griffith show. And then there's the shows I like. Save it, Private Ryan. Anything with action. Like, I grew up on Jean-Claude Van Damme, and still, I still want to be able to do the splits. I mean, it's crazy, right? You got to be able to do that stuff. Action is where I live. I love that stuff. Any movie that's got action in it, I will watch it. My kids make fun of me. Thank you, Mary. Because I will watch, like, the dubbed action movies like you know good old kung fu stuff that you got to read the subtitles on and everything it's awesome and the dub stuff it's super awesome anytime there's sword fights and killing i love it because it's not (laughs) real and it's great and so it's fun but action is what we're talking about tonight the problem is i love watching action but so much of my life i've realized i haven't taken action I haven't done the things that I need to do to be successful. And tonight I want to give you guys an opportunity to receive this gift, this gift of action. And uh, that's what's awesome about tonight. So we're going to start with this passage of scripture out of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And this is what it says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, you hear the big bangs? Yeah, because in my mind, in my world, God locks, knocks loudly. It's not a little, it's not a little just thing like throwing a pebble out a window it is banging the door and God is banging on the door the question is are you going to stand up and are you going to open it are you going to invite him in to sit down with you and eat with you and fellowship with you because that's what eating represents is fellowship that's why we serve dinner every Tuesday night is for fellowship we could set up tables with one seat or two seats but no we've got tables with eight seats And I know some of you, it's awkward. You go, I'm like, you're like, there's a lot of seats at that table, and I don't want to have to sit with anybody else. (coughs) Sorry, that's life. So we do that because we want you to have fellowship. We want you to connect with other people. And Jesus wants to connect with you. And for some of you, you're deadbolting that. You're double latching it. You've got your security system on. You know, your ring already rang, and you know someone's at the door, and you ain't, you ain't going to answer it. <coughs> You're not even going to talk to them through the speaker. And I get that. There's times in my life I've been there. Times in my life I've been there. What keeps us from taking action? <coughs> That's a great question. One of my favorite movies of all time. You ready? Top Gun. Love it. I remember, yeah, I remember going up to Pinecrest with a buddy of mine uh, about seven summers in a row. And at that cabin that we would stay at, they had two movies. Cobra, which was rated R so we couldn't watch it, and Top Gun. So we would stay upstairs, play pool, 
and watch Top Gun over and over and over. And when you thought you had enough of Top Gun, please watch it about 12 more times. It was awesome. Love that movie. Maverick came out. Huh, that's awesome. But here's the deal. In that movie, Tom Cruise is flying. Goose had just, spoiler alert, Goose just passed away. And it was his first time back into combat. And he's going, and they're like, Maverick, you got to engage, bro. And he's like, oh, it doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. For some of us, that's where we're at. Doesn't look good. I don't want to engage in life. I'd rather sit on my pity pot. I'd rather sit being down in the dumps, and I, I'd rather sit here than re-engage and deal with what possibly could happen. Spoiler he gets in, and he wins. It's amazing. Absolutely. <coughs> I'm coughing tonight. Um, sorry about that. Absolutely amazing. Well, what keeps us from taking action is, first of all, fear. Fear will keep us stuck. Fear is a tough thing for us to deal with. What do I fear? I fear my needs not getting met. I mentioned I'm a compulsive overeater. I fear being hungry. You know, when you actually feel hungry and your stomach rumbles, if I get to that point, it's already been too long since I've eaten. I need to eat. I fear that because it's that emptiness. It's, it reminds me of the days when I felt neglected, when I felt like I wasn't getting the things that I needed to get. I fear those moments. Some of you may fear that. I don't know. But I fear being hungry. I fear being vulnerable. I know it's easy, and you're like, Scott, what do you mean? You get up there and you share a lot of stuff. Yeah. It is safe for me to be on stage and share the things I share with you guys. Thank you, Mark. But when you're sitting one-on-one -on -one with me, that's a whole new vulnerability that I have to be in. And some of us are so scared to be vulnerable. With the person that we said I do to, the person that we said we're going to love for the rest of our life, and the person that lays in bed next to us. We have the hardest time being vulnerable with them. I know I have been, and we have to be vulnerable. I heard a quote the other day on a movie, because I'm a movie guy, sorry. And uh, in this movie, they said, uh, it was actually in the new TV show, the, uh, the Old Man. And in that movie, they were talking, and she goes, you know, no, nobody ever likes to view themselves as the villain. We always want to be the hero. We always want to be the person that's doing good. We always want to be the guy on the good side. No one ever views ourselves as being the villain in the situation. But when we do go through recovery, we have to face the fact that we have been the villain so many times. And we've hurt so many people. And that was a, whoa, that's awesome. But that's not all that you are is your addiction. You're more than that. You're more than that. I'm more than a sex addict. I'm more than a compulsive overeater. I'm more than that. I'm a grateful child of God. I'm God's son. I've been adopted. I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm not worthless. I'm worthy because that's what God makes me. But let's get into action. The first thing in action is this, is accept Jesus as your higher power and savior. That you today would accept Jesus Christ as your higher power. 
We maybe have walked around the, the world and we have issues with God, with Jesus. I understand that. But that you would accept Jesus though today. That means that you would actually surrender. That you would lay the guns down and you would accept Jesus Christ today. That you would maybe raise the white flag. We used to sing that song in here. Love that song. We would raise that white flag and surrender. For you non-Christians, that's, that's pretty simple. For those that would not claim to be a Christian, it's simply accepting Jesus Christ. And I'm gonna go through that a little bit later. For those of you that are believers, we still have to surrender not only our life, but our will every single day. Because when we accept Jesus Christ, as much as we would love to say, hey, it's, it's done, and the work is done, that's so true on Jesus' part, but there's still work on my part, not to earn salvation, but to work out my salvation, and that means that I have to surrender my will to him every single day, and that's tough. We need Jesus more than just an insurance policy to get into heaven. It's not a fire insurance policy that we have. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, because if you confess with your mouth and believe and, and uh, confess your with, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a promise right there. This isn't two things. Some people have the debate, well it's not two things, it's just one, it's just believing Jesus Christ. I get that. I understand that. I think part of that is more than just saying, hey, I believe, but it's that outward uh, profession saying, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. It's that outward saying and showing through our actions the fact that we are believers in Christ, that we want to follow with him. And that's what Romans chapter 10, verse 9, encompasses and what it has and what it shows us. The seeing action is this, is to commit to seek and follow his will. That we would stop seeking out our will, what we want, what's good for us, but we would seek out God's will and what's, what he wants us to do. See, we sought out our addictions to get our fix. We sought after and chased after that bottle, that needle, that white powder, that, that image, that uh, pornography, that relationship, that food. We chased after all those things. To get our high. And now it's time for us in recovery to chase after Christ and to seek after Him because it's there where we're going to get our fix. Because it's not on our own power. There's no room for God if we are full of ourselves. And we have to humble ourselves. Psalms 143, verse 10 says this Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. That we would ask God to teach us to do his will. And let him lead us down the path we need to. See, the third step prayer says this. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. 
If you've never heard that, that is out of the big book of AA. That is a great third step prayer. And that is what we're doing right now in step three. Taking action. That it won't be about us, but it'll be about God. And that he will guide us and he will direct us. The T in action is this, is turn it over. That we would turn it over to God. So what does that mean? It's a great question. What does that mean? Let's watch this video. No sound. The Let past go. is in the Let it go. Love that clip every time. I got a sponsee that always says, how do I let it go? How do I let it go? It's simply releasing the fact or the idea that we have to be in control and simply take hands off and let God be the one that's in control. Right? That is powerful. That is difficult. But we have to let it go. Proverbs 3, verse 6 says this. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Acknowledge God. And let him guide you and direct you and make a straight path. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Aren't you tired, you addicts? I was exhausted and tired in my addiction. I was tired of hiding things. I was tired of lying. I was tired of trying to make everything right around me and appease everybody because I couldn't do it anymore. It's tiring to continue down our path of addiction. It's tiring to keep chasing after that high. It's exhausting. And God says, there's a better way, there's a different way. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Learn from God. Learn from his word. Learn from him. And he will help guide you. For he is gentle and lowly in heart. Some of us are so proudful and boastful that this idea of humbling ourselves is beyond us. But if you follow God, and you apply his word to your life, you'll begin to understand what it means to be gentle, to be lowly of heart. And then, as you do that, you will find rest for your souls. And you will be restored, and you will be replenished, and God will help you. The re reality is, it's only the beginning. The eye is, it's only the beginning. You're like, this has been a long journey. When is this going to end? I get that. I meet people all the time in my office and I talk to them and they're like, I just want the quick fix. Send me into a rehab 30 days, I'm done. Woo! How many of us have been to a rehab and it was 30 days and oh, there's still more to do? 
right? Yeah, story after story. It's the beginning. This is a lifelong journey. I played sports growing up, and I was great on sprints. I was a lineman, and so I didn't have to run very much. And sometimes I had to pull, and that was like 15 yards at the most running. What stunk is when there was nobody there for me to block and had to keep going downfield, and I was done. I'm not a long-distance runner. I'm a sprinter. I'm going to run fast and bam, hit him and done. Woo! You get me running, I'm out. This is a lifelong journey. We've got to pace ourselves. That's why linemen have this thing called the lineman trot. It is like a walk, but it's the pace of a walk, but it looks like a run. It's simple. It's just like this. It's just, and this is what linemen do. This is how they do their trot. It's a lifelong journey, and sometimes we need to take the breaks, and we need to back it off and just pace ourselves, pace ourselves. Some of us have been through that step study. I went through my first step study. I was one and done, baby. I was out the door. Scott Miller asked me to do announcements and started to take over for Mike, who had moved to Hawaii. And I was like, that means I'm going to have to be here all the time, huh? <laughs> and he's all, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I did it. And what, 18 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> this is a lifelong journey. And here's the thing. I love it. They have this thing that I think is a lie. It's called the runner's high. I don't ever believe it. I ran, and there's never a high when I run. <laughs> never. But I still have the energy and encouragement when I get a chance to work my recovery, which hopefully is day-to-day. -day. I'd love to tell you that it's a day-to-day -day feeling, but there's some days I don't do a great work in my program. But when I'm working my program... It feels awesome. And I get a recovery high, and I love it. You remember Forrest Gump? Remember that movie? So one day, I ran. And he just ran. <laughs> he ran, and he ran, and it took like 30 minutes to basically say he ran. And then one day, I stopped. That's all. I was done. I'm just done running. Like, what? This is a journey. It is a process for us marathon not a sprint Philippians 1 verse 6 says this and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ as we open the door we set down the guns and we allow Jesus into our life and we take upon his yoke and he starts to replenish our soul what happens is that all of a sudden God's work continues to work in our life and he will continue to work and work and work until Jesus comes back or until we die and go be with him. But he's gonna continue to work in us. That means, I'm sorry, those of you that are perfectionists in the room, you're not gonna do recovery perfect. You're not gonna do Christianity perfect. We're not gonna be able to live day in and day out perfectly. I'm sorry. It's learning to accept those things. Acceptance is a solution to our problems. And accept the fact that we're not going to be perfect. And the only thing we can do is continue to let God work in us and in our lives. And he will bring it to completion. The O. How do we do this? One day at a time. Some of you sit in a room and you've got people in there that have long sobriety. 
They got 10 years and you're like, I couldn't imagine having 10 years. That's a long time. I know. You know how they got there? Not looking at the big gap of 10 years. They got there one day at a time. One moment at a time. They got there. Sometimes, for me as a compulsive overeater, it is one meal at a time. And that's how it has to be. And it's moment by moment. Some days are great and we don't think about having to use. And other days it's like, get out of my head. And it's there. But it's one day at a time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34 says this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If we got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, we're making a mess out of today. I clean that up, though. I clean that up for you guys. But that is reality. If we got a foot in the past and a foot in the future, we're messing up today. We can't do anything about the past. We can't change it. The past is the past. We can't control the future. So worrying and being anxious about it, for some of us, it may be this. It may be that we are just trying to figure out when is that other shoe going to fall in the relationship? When am I going to be, when is more information about my spouse's addiction going to be revealed? And can I really deal with that hurt and pain again? We can't do anything to change that. The only thing we can do is live today. The presence is the place that we can change and we can only do that one day at a time, one moment at a time. And so that you would do that. The end and action is this, is your next step. How do I ask Christ into my life? How do I surrender my life over to Jesus Christ? And this is really the gift that I get a chance to give you guys tonight. Is the opportunity to do this. And when you do this in four ways, it is baseball season and so we put up base up there. And that is this, is believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. The A is accept God's free forgiveness. The S is switch to God's plan for your life. And the E is express my desire for Christ to be director of my life that you would touch that base, that you would be able to go by that. So what does it mean to believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again? What does that mean? Great question, Scott. Well, thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse three, it says this. For I delivered to you as of first importance that I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to the apostles, Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, meaning Paul. Jesus is a historic figure. And the message he proclaimed was that he was the son of God. And he was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was Lord. 
And the words that he has shared and the words in scripture would prove that he is not a liar. And he wasn't a lunatic. And so he's Lord. The reality is, is he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, it said he did that for our sins. And when he died on the cross, he carried the weight of all our sins. You know that inventory list that you did or that inventory list that you're avoiding doing? He died for every single thing on that list. For some of you, you've done the thousand memories. He's died for every single one of those. There's probably about 300 in here, maybe 275 in here tonight. And the reality is this, is he died for every single person's sin. And he was buried, he was put in a tomb. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And there was witness after witness after witness after witness, 500 witnesses that showed that he raised from the dead. He didn't fake his death. He rose from the dead. He had power over death. And we've sang that song many times in here on a Tuesday night. We just sang four songs about Jesus and his, his power and that he fights that fight. He fights that battle for us. And that's huge. So that we would believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And so if you've never done that, that you hopefully today would be able to believe that. The next is that you would accept the free gift. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Because of the things I've done, because I'm a sinner, no matter how good or bad my sin is, all my sin separates me from God. All your sin separates you from God. That is truth of scripture. And what are we, what do we deserve from that? Well, many of us feel by our own guilt and shame, and that is death. But because he died on the cross, he gives you this free gift of eternal life. That is what we would call salvation. That you would be able to accept that free gift that God has already done the work and handed to you. Like many gifts that we receive, it's not really ours until we open that gift. We get a package, it's our birthday, we see it, it's awesome. If I wrapped it, it's probably in a bag. If my wife, wife wrapped it, it's probably in a box. Looking nice. You take that bow off, you open it up, you open up the box, and you have to pull that gift out and you have to receive that gift. It's all packaged there for you. The question is, are you going to open the door? Are you going to open that gift tonight? The S is switch to God's plan for your life. That we would stop going down our path, what we think is right, what we think is sane, what we think is good, and we would switch and we'd go down the path that leads to eternal life, which is God's plan. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for, for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Did you catch that little bit, with all your heart? That you would seek after the Lord, you will find him. He has plans for you. Romans 12, verse 2 says this, 
do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is the process of us working out, those of you that have been Christians for a while, this is called sanctification. That we are no longer conformed to the patterns of this world, but we start to transform, we start to sanctify our mind, set it apart for things of Christ, to follow after him, not after our own will, our own desire, our own whim, whatever good idea we had, because all our good ideas ended us up, ended us up where? Right here. But God has a plan for you. And that you would start to transform your mind to follow after him. The E is this, that you express my desire for Christ to be the director of your life. That you would let God start to direct your life. You know what a director does? They direct. They're not the ones on stage acting everything out. They're not the ones in the movies playing the roles. Well, until you get, like, I just, just watched a Chris Pratt movie where he directed it and starred in it. But we're, we're not there. We're at the process of we are not acting out our life anymore. We're letting God be the director. And he leads us and tells us and guides us through things and helps us out. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, and I already read this, I think, earlier. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Matthew 10, 32 says this, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Philippians 2, 8, and I'm just rambling through these, I know. And being found in human form, he humbled himself, meaning Jesus, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The truth is every one of us will bow our knee at some day acknowledging that Jesus is Lord. I hope that you do it willingly. I hope that you do it willingly. And for those that have never made that profession, that today would be the day, and in a moment I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that, that you would profess that Jesus is Lord of your life. For those of you, of you that are believers that have strayed and have walked down a path and you feel destitute and alone and isolated, you're like the, the prodigal son who went and squandered the gifts that he was given. And you're living in a pigsty right now. Maybe figuratively, maybe literally. And the only thing we gotta do is return to Jesus, that you would recommit your life to him. And guess what? When we do that, one of the great victories that we love to do around here is we love to publicly show that we've made those commitments and we have a baptism coming up in two weeks. And so tonight, I'm gonna challenge you in a couple things. One, that those of you have never professed Jesus Christ, never believed in him, that tonight you will. Two, 
those that are Christians already that have strayed, that you would return to the Lord. And three, if you have never been baptized and you're either professing Jesus Christ or you're returning to the Lord and you've never been baptized, that you guys would sign up to be a part of the baptism in two weeks. Let me challenge you in that. Tonight, maybe you make that decision. I'm not gonna make you raise your hand. Uh, it's an anonymous ministry. I totally get that. I'm not gonna get you to sign anything. But here's what I do want you to do. If you made any of those decisions, you need to talk to your open share facilitator. If you're here for the first time, make sure you talk to Sam and Shaney in our first time guest group. And I'll be outside afterwards serving up free ice cream and you can come talk to me there. <laughs> Love to scoop you a scoop of ice cream. Be awesome. Hey, five years scooping ice cream at Baskin Robbins. I'm a professional. So, tonight, focus question if you're watching online is this What action do you need to take in your recovery or recovery and why? That's my typo. I missed the R. I'm so sorry. But um, what action do you need to take in your recovery? And uh, why? But let's stand. Let's close with a serenity prayer. And then if you made a decision tonight, I challenge you to tell somebody. Tell somebody. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, Accepting hardship as the pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen.